Today we celebrate this feast of Mary, the birth of Mary, thus mother. And um, it's exactly nine months, um, nine months after the Annunciation, that feast. And um, we also celebrate, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, that is nine months after the Feast of the Annunciation. And so we're, we celebrate these two nine-month periods. And, and why um, Christmas is on the 25th, uh, I don't know that anybody knows, uh, except that it was, um, I suppose, um, well, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, this Marian feast began about the 6th or 7th century in the church. And nobody knows the birth of Mary because it's not anywhere in the Bible or anywhere. But it was given that nine-month period just to follow, um, um, to follow the, um, well, let's see, the Annunciation was announcing that she's to be the mother of God. But the feast of the birth is before, oh, uh, it follows the Immaculate Conception in, in uh, months. So... Um, she was immaculately conceived, that's what we say on December 8th, and then nine months later, um, she's born. Um, but this is typical of the church. We love to do this thing with numbers and dates and, and seasons and times and, and relate things to them. But the bigger thing happening in the scripture today is tied together by the first reading and the gospel. I skipped 16 verses, or 15, I think, um, and actually, I noticed this uh, today, that uh, this is the very opening verses of the chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with uh, verse 1 of chapter 1, going up to verse 16, then skipping 17, then going 18 to 23. So I read the 18 to 23, and I, I saved you from this, having to listen to Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez became the father of Hezra, and it goes on like that for 15 verses. So rather than uh, bore you with all these names that we don't know. But again, interestingly, this is an artificial genealogy, um, and everyone says that about it. It's, the, the names aren't significant in themselves, and they're, uh, it's just put together to make three sets of generations of 14 years, ending up in 42 years before the birth of Christ from the time of Abraham. And again, it's, it's the scriptural dealing with numbers and all. But what's very interesting in this genealogy, first of all, genealogies almost never had women in them. The, you know, sorry, ladies, but in those times, women didn't count. And um, this one has five women. And, and it also has good people and not so good people in it, which is interesting to create a genealogy of Jesus the Christ and have some creepy figures in it. So of the women who are in it, Mary is the fifth one. But there are four women, two are prostitutes. Um, I think three are Gentiles. To, to put that in your family genealogy, that, that'd be like if you, I mean, it's not the same, but to say, oh yeah, Hitler was my great, 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 really, and you're gonna tell us that? So why? Well, I'm not sure, but I think 
it is because this is rooting Jesus' human nature to a really human family. And what family doesn't have both good and not so good people in it? And what family, for example, if you were Latino or Filipino and you uh, married uh, a white person, and you're the only one in your family of Latinos, or the only one in your uh, Filipino family who has a, a, a white partner. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, and, and, and it happens all the time, but, but for some families, or for some people in some families, that would be almost scandalous, and like you turned against your own people. But it's just the reality, that's human families. And Jesus' human side was a very human family. And it had both good and not so good in it. But when we listen to both the end of this uh, gospel, as we heard in the first um, reading, Jesus was born or came from um, the line of David. He was born in Bethlehem, a tiny little nothing insignificant town. And yet that tiny little nothing insignificant town produced the savior of the world, the Messiah. And, and the scripture from Micah even says that. He says, um, you Bethlehem Ephrathah, too small, too small, insignificant to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. And it makes it quite clear, the messianic king. Well, when I hear these scriptures, and it's all focused on Mary, because she ends up being the woman who produces that child, it ends up that it happens in Bethlehem, a tiny insignificant place, and it happens that he becomes, he was to be named and is Emmanuel, God is with us. And all of this we focus on Mary, her call, and her yes. But actually, you know, it would be tragic if that's where we stopped. That's the beginning of the scriptures today. But where we need to end up is how are we called? How are we chosen by God? How does God dwell in us and in our lives, even the imperfect and sinful stuff? God is there, and God wants to be as real for us as he was for Mary, I am sure. And he expects from us that we would share the good news as did Mary. Because if we truly believe that Jesus the Christ is Emmanuel, God with us, that this is a God moment that's incredible, a pouring out of his love in the midst of being murdered, that that is the one that we follow that must be the one that we share.